and welcome again to Watchers of Tomorrow, Filler Week, uh, where I'll be doing another reading for you guys. This is a a, a, a much more new story. Uh, in fact, I've written it uh, this year as opposed to uh, Europa and Europa Chapter 1, which I actually wrote technically a couple years ago, but uh, you know, been sort of updating it as I finish that, uh, that work and things like that throughout. So it's current version is about a year old, I guess. Hmm. But uh, today's story is called Request of the Dead. Now, before we get to it, I would like to warn you guys that this one's uh, a little bit more adult in theme. So there is, uh, a, you know, not anything explicit, but there is definitely going to be references to sex and violence and things like that. So you have been warned. Uh, there is, uh, you know, a little bit more foul language than uh, you probably will hear from me on most of these, but it's kind of fitting with the characters so yeah that sort of thing uh what more it is a story about about being beyond our, our current selves to a certain degree in a couple of different ways uh and you'll uh, you'll be laid out as the story progresses as we go into it um but uh it is a a story about choices in the end what 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 choices matter to us and uh how we respond to those that, that uh, ask us to make choices. It is, uh, oh, how long is this thing anyway? It's just shy of 5,000 words. <laughs> uh, and I uh, and, uh, hope you enjoy. So once again, uh, this is by, by myself. It is called Request of the Dead. And uh, let's get right into it. So, could you help me? Asked Chris. Avok leaned back and stared at Chris with his jaw agape. His mannerisms were still, and his ears were folded back. Chris started to frown as he waited for his friend to give an answer, eventually leaning back as well as it was becoming clear he'd not get the one he wanted. You could at least give me an answer, pressed the more normal-looking human while Avok remained silent. This jolted his friend out of his shocked state after a delay. Avok leaned forward again and put his paws together on a table, one laying over the other in a gesture that suggested he was expressing patience, not defensiveness. It is just what you're asking me. I'm, I never for the life of me thought I'd get ever get such a request, said Avok in, utter, in stuttered utterances. I mean, I, I have never heard of such a thing, ever. Not surprised, injected Chris. I mean... Why do I even begin thinking about this? I, I don't, I, I don't know if I can answer their question. I mean, how about we begin with the obvious questions? Hmm. Asked Chris. I have a few to ask you. Ivok ceased his speaking to let Chris continue, but already he was dreading the notion of answering any questions. Okay. Well, are you capable of the act? I mean, physically. Asked Chris. Avalok looked down on at his folded paws. He turned them over and curled his fingers so his claws were visible. I suppose so. I mean, in general. And I mean, even someone without mods like mine could kill you. Chris raised his hand and shook his head. You don't get it. I don't want to just be killed by anyone this time. I want it to be by someone with your mod specifically. Or something else similarly exotic. Ivok tilted his head. So, that's why you're asking me? Yes, yes. Or, was that not obvious? I... Chris shut up as the waitress came to, over to deliver their drinks. She flashed them smiles. Chris smiled back. 
Avok didn't, and so she turned her attention to him. Someone seems grumpy today, she said. Avok nodded. Afraid it is one of those bad news sorts of days, he said as she put her hands on the sides of his muzzle. Well, if I or any of the others can brighten things up, big guy, she purred out at him, then I'm sure we can accommodate a good boy like you. The waitress straightened up again, leaving Avok and his unsettled self behind. Enjoy your drinks, fellas, she asked, added before uh, heading off to make the rounds at other tables. Maybe we shouldn't have come here, mused Avok. Chris giggled. <laughs> I know I'd, I'm asking you for something intense, but cheer up at least enough to get horny dog. Avok rolled his eyes. Kind of hard to think about that when my best friend has asked me to murder him. Chris gave an overly dramatic sigh. You aren't murdering me. You are killing this particular body. There is a difference. I'm not convinced, shot back Avok as he grabbed his drink and took a long pull. Immortality is supposed to be illegal for non-robots anyway. So I don't see how this is, this is at all legit, you know. Chris smirked and had at his own drink. He looked over at some of the staff at the corner, chatting with each other. Like their waitress, all of them, men and women, were exceedingly revealing outfits that left almost nothing to the imagination beyond the true color of their hair. You see them? asked Chris. It still seems so strange to me to see people working in a place like this, delivering drinks without pay, for the sole purpose of getting laid, to engage in an old trope so that they can have a little fun. Or to at least flaunt their overly engineered, perfect bodies to those they find most appealing. When I was born, a place like this wouldn't exist as you know it. The employees suffered drudgery and hardship. They had to do all the hard jobs as there were no robots. Instead of getting to lure customers into the back room, they'd smile and then hope to get a tip to cover for the fact they weren't paid enough. Oh, they'd get paid with real currency. That thing they, you probably only know about due to your education. And it wasn't a social space of this sort at all. Yes, people came here to get dates, but with other customers. And only after excessive drinking would they find themselves settling for a sleazy guy with slicked black hair and a wedding ring. Or a lady with a few extra chins and a horrific stench. Or, or the overweight biker with missing teeth. That's the world I was born into. And it's so long gone now, which is a good thing. But it was also a world where there were no laws against immortality, because no one had figured it out. A world where endless toil was expected for almost everyone. But also a world where I didn't have to worry about that. Avok listened as he regretted taking such a deep drink, finding that after the initial blast of alcohol, he regretted his previous interest in a pint, having a pint. So you were different back then? Like, I, I don't get it. Chris rolled his eyes. Not surprising. Back then I was rich. Obscenely rich. And powerful. And I measured myself by how much more successful I was than others. Until I got old. Everybody gets old, said Avok before trying a smaller sip. But I didn't want to. I hated feeling powerless. I hated my body slowly falling apart as on me. I hated... I hated the fact that before too long, everything I had ever done, all the power I had acquired, wouldn't matter at all. 
Aloth looked to Chris. His friend's word had grown quieter the longer he had spoken. Chris was still looking at the waitstaff despite his somber tone, eyes darting this way and that at every part of exposed skin he could get away with, lingering on for study without being noticed by his owner. Okay, stated Avok. Chris smirked. Yeah, well, then I heard about a way to cheat death. And so I did. But I need to get a new body each time I wanted to die. And so I did. Because I and a bunch of others were doing this before the anti-immortality laws were put into place, we got to keep doing it as we were already classified as immortals. Sure, it requires a certain level of infrastructure to maintain such a status, but it's all automated now, so there's no need for me to know a thing about maintaining the system myself or convincing someone else to be complicit. Except with this whole killing your body thing, shot back Avok. Chris frowned. Okay, buddy, he grumbled. The whole get-torn-to-shreds thing isn't necessary. It isn't required. The first dozen times I went under via chemicals and woke up a teenager again. Then why don't you just keep doing that? asked Avok. His ears were no longer folded back, but up, perked, curious, and ready for action. His patience was growing thin due to all the storytelling. The flea soon was starting to make sense. Because getting an injection is fucking boring, shouted Chris in an exasperated tone at the question. He took a deep breath and then swallowed some alcohol. Because immortality is boring. The wait staff here? They get to do the same thing over and over again and still enjoy it up until their bodies fail them. I still have the instincts, but sex, well, <laughs> even like weird freaky sex is hella boring now. Because I've done it all, and I do mean I've done everything. Including things that did kill me. Because I'm bored, I... Chris leaned forward and put his face in his hands. The reason I think I found myself considering you a friend, that I get along with you, is because... Sorry to say this, but because you are so different than most. The mods, yes, but I've hung out with people who turn themselves into all sorts of critters and beasts and cyborgs. So that's only part of it, I think. Avok had nearly had enough. He sent down on his drink. Maybe coming here was a mistake, he stated, st stated and started to get up. Chris grabbed Avok's wrist. Hey, sorry for getting all weird on you. I just, forgive me for asking, but I, I had to know. And at least give it some time to think on. Avok rolled his eyes. Fine, I'll think about it. But honestly, this still seems so horrific to me. And weird. I I just don't get it. I'll be around tomorrow for game night. Avok shook his wrist. Chris let go. And Avok headed towards the door. Tail firm and not wagging in the least. The waitress, seeing that Chris was alone, made a return using the excuse of collecting extra drink. Got stood up, huh? Chris forces, forced a smile. Maybe. But it might just be a delay. Chris looked up at the lady in her oppressive, barely covered cleavage. But delay doesn't mean we can't have some fun in the meantime. Avok laid back on the beach chair after making sure his tail wouldn't be bent uncomfortably. He let his arms fall to his sides and his eyes close. It was early morning. The sky cloudy and the chair was quite far from a beach. Instead, it overlooked a part of the city as it sat on a balcony on some high double-digit floor. Avok laid there for some time with his eyes closed, thinking about trying to fall back asleep, but his mind too active to let him rest. 
He heard a sound behind him. The opening of the sliding door that led into the residence, he shared with several others. You don't usually spend time out here unless you're in a bad mood, said Bev. Avok took a deep breath and opened his eyes. Standing over him was a woman in a light robe. Despite likely having just gotten up, her hair looked perfect, like it had been styled for hours before being sprinkled with a coating of glitter. Not a bad mood, I think, said Awok. Mm hmm. Depression? Anxiety? Maybe horny and no one saying yes, she said with a wink. Avok rolled his eyes. No, not really. I. You know Chris, right? She. So he turned you down, she asked. No, no. It, it's more. I kind of turned him down, but not for sex. It, if he had asked that, he'd done probably still be banking his brains out. But no, no, it was just too weird. Bev rolled her eyes. You have a weird king that you're not. That's not your thing. I well, in a manner of speaking, no, I I don't think it's sexual as far as his want of it goes," said Avok, wondering if he should explain further. The decision to speak or not was pressed by Bev. Okay, this is sounding like a whole story. There. Tell me everything. Avok sighed. Fine, long story short. Chris wants me to kill him. Bev's eyes went wide. I I didn't think he was a suicide type. That Gyothmat guy, yeah, but, but Chris? He seems like more the type to get really excited about paperclip folding before even considering ending his life. You're right, agreed Avok. This wouldn't kill him, kill him. It's some sort of scheme where he can function has functional immortality. But he's got to get himself killed every once in a while for it to work. Wait a moment, said Bev. But that isn't... Avok raised the paw to interrupt her. I looked into it after I talked with him. And in this one case, it is totally legal. But only for a select few. And there's all sorts of special conditions and weird rules. Like, you can't, you can't die of natural causes. It's got to be unnatural, either by his own hand or somebody else doing it to him. And accidents only work in some cases. And the time of death window you know, needs to be filed ahead of time. And it's a whole mess of what the hell. Bev was silent. I'm going to have to look into this myself, she said after the pause, lingering a bit too long. I can't blame you, said Avok. It is just so weird. Bev moved to the railing and looked over the edge. There was always activity in the city, even this high up. Cargo drones moving through the air in in the air lanes between buildings. The noise of them was quite was a quiet home, hum that never quite went away, always rising and falling depending on if one of the boss was near or far. There was always at least one that was one of the two, and very audible. Bev turned and looked Avok. So he wants you to kill him. Yep, said Avok. His eyes had slid shut again, and he was doing his best to relax every muscle in his body. Are you going to? What, what kind of question is that? No. Why not? Pressed Bev as she moved up to the chair. She then took a seat on the lower part, pushing Avok's leg out of the way. If this is how he extends his life and he's allowed to do it, and he won't actually die, then why not? Avok took a deep breath. He was about to say something, but instead just grunted, rolling onto his side. You little bitch, said Bev, slapping Avok's now exposed black side. You coward. Why not? Because I don't like hurting people, he answered finally. That's a good start, said Bev. But yet, you got the body mods that gave you the kinds of claws that can rip someone's throat out. Clearly you got something about violence in you. Some 
Eagerness to inflict harm? I've long wondered about you, in fact. Hell, I, I figured you, you were all about helping the terminally suicidal when I first met you. Or do you forget that little brawl? <laughs> and I thought you were a vain sparkle princess who only wanted to get people's attention. Shot back Avok. First impressions aren't always reflective of their inner reality. Yeah, you're right, said Bev quietly, turning your gaze from Avok. Then why do you have the claws? Heh, no one's asked me that, said Avok as he began to return to laying on his back. Because they're wild, primal. Yeah, there's implications there, but those implications are not my goal. They're a side effect of that reality. That urge to, well, be the, be the, the beast I made myself look like, you know? I see, said Bev. But does Chris know that? Evok shrugged. I, I guess not. He asked me, I, I think, because I have got the claws. Not because I've ever been aggressive with him. Evok, you aren't aggressive with anyone without their permission. And those times when you are, generally involve people getting naked. Avok smiled. Yeah. <laughs> so, continued Bev, independent of why you a he asked you, there are still questions to ask you know, about motivations, the good of the situation. Oh, here we go, said Avok in a teasing tone. Hey now, just because I think about the eth ethics of situation doesn't mean everyone else shouldn't, shot back Bev playfully. She reached over and put her hand on Avax's covered leg. Plus, if you're keeping with your no, Chris may want to know more justification than you just being too much of a weenie to rip his throat out. Avox's playful expression melted. Okay, that joke didn't land, she said apologetically, but whatever. Avox put his paw on Bev's hand. So, okay, we, he won't die if I kill him. I do it right and at the right time. Fine. So there's maybe not an ethics issue on the continuation of him in total, but what about the him that is being killed? What about him? He'd still be dead, said Ewok. It's like that teleport dilemma. Copy and destroy the original style, yeah? That doesn't fit well with me, I guess. You sure? Asked, uh, she asked before putting her hand on the paw covering her other hand. After all, he's the one who's already made the moral decision on that front. I mean... Assuming this isn't the first time he's died to live again. Oh, he has, said Avok. For centuries, I think. And it isn't a question you should necessarily worry about. He's clearly willing to see the mortality of that and morality of that in a particular light. Why should you demand he do it otherwise? Avok turned his uh, head as he thought, casting his gaze at one of the taller towers that loomed over the apartment building. Because I'm still technically losing a friend if I do this. Eh? Okay, now, this is going somewhere, said Bev. So, you see, it is losing a friend. Would you not lose him eventually to the scheme to reset himself? I, I guess I would, answered Avok. Then why should you, you know, doing it versus him doing it be any different? Avok sighed and then let his gaze fall on the balcony railing. Ah, uh, I guess there isn't one. Bev nodded. Ivok's paws moved up from between her hands. One of hers remained to stroke his leg, while the other returned to her robe to make sure she was still properly closed. Then, I guess we're well, not any big moral issues with meeting his request, said Bev. Wait a moment. Why do you care? said Avok as his gaze turned to Bev. There was more fire in them this time than before. 
Bev chuckled. Because I got a feeling you were going to do it anyway, she explained. And when you did change your mind, I wanted you to know why. I... But I wasn't planning to, he stammered. You're, you're assuming a lot about me. Bev smirked and let her fingers run on up the inside of his exposed thigh. Yeah, but that's because I'd like to think I know you pretty well. Her fingers stopped and she felt the fabric of Ivok's briefs. Now about that permission to be aggressive. The fire players cheered as they witnessed the armored hero striking at the horde beast. A pile of numbers appeared over the creatures as she spun around and stabbed again and again. The game master rolled her eyes the vision they shared. She showed the tangle of tentacles and twitching eyes slowly growing still. Well, I guess you did it, said the game master. You somehow managed to slay Clothstar the Corrosive. And I think that's a game for tonight. What about loot? Asked Chris with a smirk, even as he slipped off his headset. Oh, well, Clothstar is a cosmic horror, not someone who needs piles of treasure. So I'll figure something out. She answered as she pulled off her headset. Anybody else got any hard-to-answer questions? The rest were who were similarly removing their headsets shook their heads. There was, however, a lot of big smiles. None of them expected any of them would have survived. But Chris's paladin had managed to make it to the end. Only one other character was still reasonably alive. Though the rest could be resurrected given the wealth and power, the power of those that were still alive had available if they chose to continue as their characters. The headsets were collected from the table, and the Game Master was soon putting the cover on the box. This time next week? asked Avok. Still here at my place? There was a lot of nods and agreement. Awesome, said the Game Master before picking up the box. I, I have work to do. I thought I was going to be done with this campaign tonight. <sighs> oh, don't worry about it. Y'all have something? Could we just start something new? We saved the universe, for now. There's always a bigger bad, right? We are such geeks, but bad-ass geeks. The chatter continued for a while longer between the players, even after their game masters sunk, slunk off to plan their downfall. After a half hour, the other players began to drift off as, uh, as well, until just Avok and Chris were left. That was pretty good, said Chris as he watched Upsilon, their friend with the purple skin, leave. Things were making sure I had the hit points to survive that quantum wave. Eh, I figured I'd not survive without, with them anyway. So it made sense to slide them in your direction, said Avok as he flopped back down in his favorite chair. Chris was soon seated as well, and he had a big smile on his face. Hey, Avok, he said. Glad my question last night didn't leave you in too much of a downer mood. Avok shrugged. I had a conversation with Bev this morning, and she kind of cheered me up. Chris looked into Avok's eyes, and slowly began to smirk. She cheered you up, eh? <laughs> like she did with me during the moon day party? Avok tilted his head. That was you, and well, well maybe? He said, this, his world full of confusion for the moment. Chris giggled. <laughs> may have been me. May have been somebody else with my kind of assets. You never know. He teased. But like seriously, I was worried you'd be in, you'd be in such a terrible mood tonight. But nah, you seem alright. It was kind of what the hell sort of request, you know? Said Avok. 
Not every day, yeah, not every day someone asks you to kill them. Hey, it isn't death. Not in this case. Shot back Chris with a light tone of smile. It is simply an experience. A transition in life. Like what the rest of the party will go through next week in game. Avok shrugged. Hey, mind if we move on to a different subject? Chris nodded. I guess. I guess I'm okay with that. But only if the answer is still no. Avok breathed in deeply. Yeah, it's still no. Chris's light tone faded somewhat. All right. On to different subjects then. Though, mind if I get some fresh air first? We've been in here for hours, and your place is great, but I kind of want the breeze on my face to help calm me down. My heart is still pumping from, well, all that madness tonight. Avok smiled and nodded towards the door to the balcony. Chris got up and headed towards the sliding glass door. Avok realized as he made his exit that his heart rate was still elevated too. He closed his eyes and focused on relaxing. As he heard Chris opening the door, however, he felt compulsion. Chris, I don't want you to do it because... Uh, I don't want to do it because, well... Well, not any moral thing and the like. I, I'm just not a violent person, like, deep down, you know? Explained Avok. Play fighting is fine, but actually hurting somebody? Even if it isn't really f for keeps? I don't have that in me. I get ya, said Chris. Don't worry about it. I got a backup plan anyway. And hey, at least this way I won't get make a mess of your home here. Chris moved through the door and closed it behind him. Avog pondered that odd wording for a few moments before his eyes popped open. He looked to the glass door. Beyond it, Chris was already climbing up on the railing. Avog jumped up from his chair and raced towards the door. But before he, he was past the threshold, Chris was already pushing off the balcony. Avok reached for him, but his friend was already a me dozen meters out and down. Avok watched as Chris tumbled through the air. On his way down, two dozen drones swerved out of the way, and their natural, their natural collision avoidance keeping them from intercepting the falling person. By the, by the time Avok lost sight of Chris the activity below, he had tears in his eyes. Avok opened the door that led to the street. There was already flashing lights and emergency service robots present. One of them was busy putting a device on the body's head. Avok rushed towards the scene in the middle of the street that had stopped all ground traffic, but was soon stopped by a heavy-looking robot that shouted out a warning to stand back. But he's my friend, cried Avok as he looked down upon the broken and splattered remains of Chris. The person is deceased. Stay back and await questioning, announced the robot. Avok took a step back as the robot got to work scanning his face. Excuse me, officer, said a voice, but there's no need for an investigation. Avok turned, and his jaw dropped. Standing there was Chris, his clothes looking very cheap, something that was unusual for him. But more unusual was the fact that he looked like he had just graduated from high school. Chris, said Avok in shock. The new Chris looked past Avok to the robot. Confirm that I am alive and am also the dead man there. Then engage in standard cleanup, he instructed before turning his attention back to Avok. I probably should have warned you I was going over the edge just then. But I guess I was a little worried I'd miss my slated death time when the, you turned me down again. But you just, you jumped. You, you mean you were supposed to die tonight? Stammered Avok. 
Yeah, did, did I not mention? Oh, oh dear, I'm sorry. I, sorry to give you such a fright. Avok turned back to the body. He looked down to the street and saw that he was, even this far out, standing in splattered blood. He looked to the new Chris. You, you ass, growled Avok. Chris smiled. Eh, maybe, he said. I guess some character traits don't vanish even after all this time. Avok's fist balled up. Hey now, what was that about not being violent? Chris's words were teasing as he crossed his arms. Just because... Just because I won't punch you doesn't mean I don't want to, grunted Avok before huffing noticeably. Death is intended, announced the robot beside them. Carry about your business. Clean up shall begin. Chris looked over at his body. Ugh. Make sure to hand over my things when you're done disposing of the carcass. Hey now, how can you be so casual about this? demanded Avok. Chris rolled his eyes. Because this is like maybe the 30-something something time I've died. I stopped counting. You just get used to it? He shrugged. Come on, say I'm sorry for stressing you out. I'll, I'll make you some food. How about that? Avok silently fumed. Okay, no food then, said Chris. Maybe, how about I just head off for now? I'll be back for game next week. That work? Be gone, shouted Avok before rushing past the new Chris and back to his the apartment building. On the way up, the elevator he collapsed in the corner of the car. Avok's paws covered his face as the tears began. By the time the elevator reached his floor, he could barely pull himself out and into the hall. On his hands and knees before his door, he did his best to pull himself up but fell back down. He curled into a ball and sobbed. You, you, you ass? He growled as everything about what had just transpired failed to make any sense to him, and it went for some time. And that was Request of the Dead by me, Dr. Izix. Or, you know, whatever pen name decided to put on this eventually. I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, I, I know this may be a little more intense than some of my, you know, the other things I've shared with you guys, but uh, I wanted to tell a story about, uh, you know, a, a post-scarcity world where, you know, uh, uh, death was still a reality for most, but the, the option uh, for not death is available for those who were kind of grandfathered in. And, uh, you know, to not necessarily talk specifically on that, though, you know, there are some implications, which should be pretty obvious with all that particular package. But uh, about the, the choice of our main character here, um, you know, did you uh, did you agree with Avox's choice, Chris's or anything else in this? Uh, feel free to comment and things like that and let us you know, know what you think. I'm actually kind of curious. This is is a work in progress. There are some things I'm still kind of not super happy with. So I'll be tweaking that before I try to get it uh, published somewhere. But yeah, so people who can become anything they like, except immortal and the one man who is immortal and cannot become anything else. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, this has been Dr. Isix doing another reading for you guys. Uh, so uh, next episode should be our uh, our big guest star episode with uh, Jesse and Gender coming in. Uh, check out uh, their stuff and... Uh, Hope to see you next time on Watchers of Tomorrow! Maha!